We all know that with Thanksgiving comes football, and with football comes discussions and arguments about who belongs where and what's going on. And you went to Texas, I went to Texas A&M, and so uh, there used to be a fantastic football game that occurred every Thanksgiving between those two teams. Uh, but we're talking college football, and we're talking college football playoff today and uh, some of the projections and that sort of thing. And uh, it's a lot of fun to discuss, TC. Yes, it is. And uh, I'll take one quick shot at A&M. Yeah, it was a great you know, Thanksgiving tradition until you guys had to run away to the SEC because you were scared of being the little brother. I'm um, like, uh, but, uh, I like we're all moving the money on, Tyler. that we make. We're, we're, we're moving on, Tyler. Um, <laughs> Um, national but, exposure anyways anyway um, people get <laughs> yeah that's that's working out real well for people can watch us get our butts beat on <laughs> national television more often now yeah it's great um no i have my younger brother's a&m you know so i uh i uh, i'm not as passionately uh, against the <laughs> aggies as maybe some of my fellow longhorns are but uh no, it's a uh, yeah it's a great time of year um especially college football um nfl we're ramping up the playoffs um We'll be touching on those in the coming weeks, don't you worry. But today's all about college football and the college football playoff. Got championship weekend this weekend. Final rankings come out next week, so we're going to know who the final four is. Right. Um, the four guys. And kind of a weird situation this year because um, from a high level, we got three teams that probably seem like shoe-ins. Um, seem like it's going to be pretty clear that Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU are all going to make it in. Um, that fourth spot's a much bigger question mark, but uh, – uh, rather than just you get you, again, every talking head in the world is sitting here, you know, talking about the four seed. No, Oklahoma or Utah or right. Baylor or, or Georgia, if they somehow you know end up beating LSU. Um, but I want to look at it from, of course, this is the data show. Let's look at a little analytics around it. Um, one of the models I love most around this five thirty eight. I've mentioned this before. Nate Silver, um, they do a great job with a lot of stuff um, around sports and analytics, but. Um, they have a really cool probability model that I actually I follow throughout the season. I've been curious. I've been following back to yeah. since when UT was still relevant in this, you know, in the second week of the season. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, no, but they have this uh, model that kind of lays out what we expect to happen. Um, I'm going to go through a little bit of the uh, the, the the geeky stuff first, um, how this works. Then we're going to talk about the actual results. Um, this is both an iterative and probabilistic model. Pretty much means it run through things one at a time. It doesn't just jump from. Um, back in week four, it didn't just jump to the playoff based on today's role. It, it literally runs through what it's expected in every game. Right. Um, and it's also probabilistic. So it, it literally tries to take into account um, the uncertainty in game results and in the rankings. Because, um, again, the, this isn't a perfect scientific formula. This is decided by a committee. Um, they sit in a, a nice big boardroom about 20 miles away from us over in Grapevine each week and make these rankings and make these decisions. Um, but it's a little bit of a combination, this probability model of both the uh, football power index from ESPN and AP rankings, or when the committee rankings start coming out in mid um, October, switch to the committee rankings. Um, and they use their ELO rating, um, ELO rating. So, which is pretty much, it looks at historical impacts on ratings of results to project what will happen. Because, um, for instance, if you were just looking from a very clear perspective, it's, uh, the SEC championship this weekend, LSU, Georgia, um, winner of that's obviously going to be in. Um, it's pretty clear that if, you know, Georgia loses, they're out and it makes it, it just completely removes and makes it easy. Yeah. Georgia wins. That, that adds a wrinkle to it. That complicates um, things. Yes. And I think a lot of people, both from the eye test and then also from models like this, will say that, well, if Georgia wins, then it's pretty much locked because Clemson and Ohio State are going to win and LSU is still going to be in even if they lose this weekend. They've had that good of a season. Yeah. Um, the beatdowns they've put on some teams. Um, actually, the closest game they had, guess who was against? Hook'em Horns. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna move, I'm going to stop name dropping you. Closest at this point. loser. Yeah, how'd you guys do? Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> worstest loser. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so it's really cool how they do this. And the one thing to consider in this is that 
the committee is not scientific. Um, it is not a perfect thing just because, you know, they're ranked one through four, just because Oklahoma right now is below Utah. It doesn't mean that, okay, well, Utah and Oklahoma win. They both move up one. Utah yeah. still ahead of Oklahoma. Um, the, the initial first time they ever did this TCU going into the, um, final week of the season, again, T- the big 12 didn't have a championship at that point, but, um, TCU is number three. They got a 52 point win in their last game. Wow. You know, you can only go up from number three. Nope. You're number five. You're out of the playoffs. So yeah. that's, that, that's the shining example that there is not a perfect science to this. Sure. Um, and, uh, the last little thing that's cool that this model incorporated this year, cause I followed this thing for years. They have this conference championship weight now, cause they've kind of yeah. identified through kind of some regressions that, Hey, the conference championship and being a conference champion is actually really important to the committee. There's some anecdotal evidence, you know, contrary to that, but the numbers overall are showing that's very important. Um, and I think it's really cool that they also, this model incorporated a weight for independence based on the record. It gives them kind of a conference weight, a conference championship weight. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool because at Notre Dame a few years back, obviously they, they don't have a conference championship to play. So anyway, a little side note, I just I thought it was really interesting that they've uh, gone that deep and incorporated that. But let's look at the actual numbers. Um, as I mentioned, Clemson, Ohio State, two highest probability teams to get in. Again, Clemson's playing Virginia. Virginia's had a nice little season. They've, they've, they've done well. They beat Virginia Tech this weekend. Good on them. They won the, you know, their side of the ACC. But I think Clemson's won like their last eight games by over 30 points. Yes, and they're just absolutely tearing people. People in September were saying, oh, this isn't the same Clemson. They aren't that good. And I think that kind of just has been ringing in the back of people's heads all year. If you haven't been paying attention the last month, Trevor Lawrence again looks like um, football Jesus. He, he's back yeah. to what he was probably last year. Um, that team is just absolutely tearing people up. They haven't, I think it's like they're on 27 games in a row now they've won, which I know year to year it's a different team and all, but uh, people are overlooking Clemson, in my opinion. That's my dark horse um, for the uh, actual playoff anyway. But um, 93% chance they're in, 91% they win their conference. That's pretty expected. Ohio State kind of in the same boat. Wisconsin's going to put up a little bit more of a fight, um, but we've seen this before. It didn't go too well for Wisconsin last time. Exactly. Wouldn't anticipate it going this time. 84% Ohio State's in. Um, again, pretty much if either of those lost uh, – we're not even going to consider it. Realistically, it could happen. There's a chance they drop out. There's a chance they stay in, even if they lost. I don't know what's going to happen there. We're just going to we're going to assume that both of them are moving on. Yeah. The one that really caught my eye in their probability models and the expectations was in that SEC. Going back to that, mm-hmm. both LSU and Georgia. Obviously, they're playing each other, so the probability of them winning the conference adds up to 100. 57 percent for LSU, 43 for Georgia. First off, a little closer than I anticipated. But um, besides that. The weird thing is that both of them have a better chance of making the playoff than they do of winning their own conference. And what I mean by that, LSU's at 63, again, compared to 57 to win this weekend, and then at 45 for Georgia to make the playoff of 43 of the conference. Again, this is a byproduct of the weird situation that they're in where uh, LSU is probably going to get in no matter what. Yeah. Um, and only, you know, only one of them can win this week. And obviously, you know, that probability is capped at 100. Um, but just kind of interesting because everyone else down the line here has a much better chance of winning their conference than of making the playoff. But um, LSU and Georgia have that little bad boy flipped. So Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. And I guess I thought LSU would be higher up on these projections just because I think they've probably been the best <laughs> yeah, team. Yep. Um, but the fact that they do have probably the hardest conference championship game of any of these Absolutely. teams knocks them down a little bit just because yep. there's that variable of, well, what happens if they do in fact lose? Because, and this is mentioned in the article, and I thought this was really interesting, when they're doing these projections, they're not just it's not just hard numbers. It's also you're trying to project and predict how human beings will vote, which introduces a variable that is difficult sometimes, right? It's hard for data scientists and people like yourself sometimes to try to account for 
human beings do random things sometimes exactly. and do inexplicable things sometimes that aren't always rooted in logic or sound decision making or things like that. And so you also have to factor that variability into it, I suppose. Yep. And then uh, this is where everyone outside of uh, your conference starts screaming SEC bias and uh, <laughs> it comes into play. But, uh, um, but no, you're absolutely right. The, the fact is that even though that, that conference championship's a little more straightforward, that's pretty much a a football projection. That's what you see every week. You know, when you pull up your ESPN app, the projected winning percentage, it's mm-hmm. the same type of thing there. Yeah. That playoff has these variables in it that a simple formula cannot account for. You can try to account for them. You can try and reduce the risk of those human inputs and the human kind of variability in there, but you can't necessarily just automatically say, yes, this a equals B no matter what. So, um, makes it interesting. The only, uh, other two little notes I had on that before we move on, um, kind of caught my eye, something interesting. Um, Utah is definitely favored over Baylor, but Oklahoma significantly higher um, percentage, 50 versus 34 for Utah to make the playoff. Um, I, the numbers are, are thinking that OU will beat Baylor and then that even if Utah wins when Georgia loses, again, going with the expected outcomes here, um, that OU's win over Baylor will be enough to bump it over Utah, even though the last, I think, four weeks, Utah every single time has been ahead of Oklahoma. Um, there's going to be some mad Pac-12 fans if that happens. But I also, in the Big 12, we've dealt with this, I think, like three of the last four years where we've been in Utah's shoes. So, right. Um, sorry, Utah. Sucks. Yeah, the, the, the hard thing about this is because it's it's so data-driven and because we're looking at it this this way, the eye test with OU. Just, yes. uh, d- does OU pass the eye test for you? <sighs> OU passes. So and from a football team standpoint, again, UT sucked this year. I'll just be totally honest. We're lucky that we were 7-5. and five. Um <laughs> We played OU, and I thought we are not. We are a very, very similar playing field than OU. I don't think OU is that much better than right. us. Right. So for that reason, no. I would say personally, watching the team, I think Baylor's actually a better team than OU. I yeah. don't necessarily think Baylor's going to win. I think OU's explosive offense. I think Lincoln Riley's an amazing coach. Um, but I think Baylor's a better football team than OU this year. If you ask me, again, based on my eye test, based on them playing my team, that's right. uh, that's that's my biased opinion. There. Right. Iowa State went for two to beat Baylor or to or beat uh, OU at the end of the game it, and yeah. didn't make it. Obviously, if that one play goes differently, then you're looking at a two loss or a uh, you're looking at a two, two loss, loss OU. Uh, they came back from 25 to yes, beat exactly. Baylor. You know, and Baylor kind of took their foot off the gas. And so there are all these games that I look at. I'm like, OU is so lucky to make it out of that situation, but. Here they are. So, and you want to go back to one little note on our human element? Yes. Um, that committee's gonna be sitting there looking at that four seed. All right, we got our two. You know, we got to put the one of these two teams in their one of our biggest games of the year. Um, which fan base is probably gonna travel a little better to that bowl game? It's gonna OU be OU. Utah. I who, mean, who are more people gonna turn into? It, it, Utah is gonna get bit by the. Well, you're Utah. Yeah. OU is OU, which. OU isn't necessarily Alabama or Clemson in terms of the you know the the name the weight that they carry, but they still are a major um, you know football powerhouse historically and currently. So um, I, I I feel for Utah because in my personal opinion, if Utah uh, beats Oregon at least um, semi comfortably non fluky way, yeah. um, I think Utah deserves to be in. I, I I think that they haven't beaten anyone. I know they lost to USC, not a very good team. I know. But when they when you watch them play this year, their defense, their running back that they have, I can't remember his name, but they're they are a solid team. They would be a fun team to watch for me, a football purist. So I would like that as well. 